Hey everybody, welcome to Evil Pudding, a true crime podcast. I'm Courtney. I am Patrick. <laughs> and Coconut the Great Pier is here, our little podcast pup. She and she excited about something. Yeah, she did. Them. She jumped up and ran right to us. <laughs> I think she wants to be on. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? Tired. I know. We're recording early in the week. But oh, we have to do it. that because... They'll still get it on the same day. We'll just be out of town when it goes live. Yeah, we have vacation coming up this week. And it's always stressful before it's not because the kids, getting them all packed and ready to go, it's yeah, quite Making sure they do things like bring underwear because we've gone on vacations before where we show up and we're like, hey, go get changed. And one of them goes, I didn't, I didn't bring any underwear. That's why we have to do lists. Or we go to the beach and one goes, I didn't, I didn't bring a bathing suit. <laughs> where did you think we were going? <laughs> What were you going to wear? But but we have to make. They will make sure that their phones. Oh, and chargers. Their chargers for sure. Their headphones. Mm -hmm. Any portable tablets or gaming device. Of course, and uh, absolutely fully charged. One hundred percent has everything you need for that. Priority. They just don't want to wear pants. I guess I I don't know what it is. (laughs) Oh my! Or it's a good sly way to get a new wardrobe when you're out on vacation. (laughs) Yeah, one of them I could see doing that. Mm -hmm. The other three, no, no. The other three, two of them wouldn't even care. They're just like, well, I don't have pants. I'll just wear the same ones. Six days. For a week. <laughs> no stink ball. You can't do that. Oh One of them God. definitely would be like, oh, no, I forgot all my clothes. We have to go buy all new stuff. The little one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 100%. Hate to call her out, but. She called out. <laughs> you did it. I wasn't calling anybody out. Everybody that knows us probably knew who we were talking about anyway. They're like, oh, yeah, that's her. <laughs> well, today it's an evil pudding mini-sode. Well, I think. It's a regular episode. It's just shorter than one of our longer ones because there's it's less a about it. Well, that's what a mini-sode is. No. It's just a normal episode. That's planned anyways. <laughs> if, if I can keep this under one hour, that qualifies as a mini, in my opinion. We've got a few, a few of those. We have one, I think. This was a request, wasn't it? Yeah, and the, yeah, this is a request. Yeah, so I've heard of this case before, and I had long forgotten about it until it was recommended to me by a friend. Shout out, Jeremy, if you're listening. I do have to say, you know, we've been getting a few requests here lately. And I love our listeners, but y'all are some fucked up motherfuckers. Y'all are pretty, y'all are pretty screwed up. <laughs> love y'all. y'all. Psychos, that's why man. I love you. And that's y'all, probably why you love us. We're getting requests for some of the most deranged <laughs> things I've ever heard I of. love it. Keep it coming. I can't wait for the other one we just got a request for. Yeah, I'm, I'm all This one's it. bad enough as it is. This one is a deep dive. I was just in heaven with this one. But I could hardly wait. As soon as he recommended this case, I was like, oh, my gosh. So I started a deep dive and digging and researching. So today's case is possibly Germany's most famous case ever. Germany's? Germany's. Germany's. I think you said it was Jeremy's most famous case ever. I said Germany's Mm. most famous case ever. Check the tape. Check, Check the tape. I don't know. You have all the equipment to go. I'll check the tape. (laughs) (laughs) We will be discussing the Hinterkaifeck farm murders. And you can only say that one way. I have been going around this house going, Hinterkaifeck. (laughs) I was just about to say, I'm proud of you because you just said it normal and didn't you like yell angrily every time, every day. Hinterkaifeck. Every day she's walking around going, we're going to do Hinterkaifeck. I'm like, whoa. Hinterkaifeck. The Hinterkaifeck Farm Murders. If we have any German listeners, they'll definitely, which we do, um, they'll definitely have heard of this one. And it's likely that if you're a true crime enthusiast, then you have two. But I'm sure if you live in Germany, this case is just like legendary. Like everybody knows it. And again, we want to uh, preface this episode with uh, if you are from Germany, 
we are not. So if we mispronounce names <laughs> and or it's places, me. Uh, we apologize. Feel free to, to correct us. Next. However, I mean, we don't obviously when we do other countries' stories or other you know cultures, we tend to mess up names and titles and places, and we apologize. But we, we don't know them all. It's fine. You took the words right out of my mouth because next I was going to say also warning. We all know how Courtney is with words. I can barely speak English. And this is a German case, so this is going to be a roller coaster. Just know I'm trying my best, okay? I really wish we were good friends with Flula Borg and we could have him on here to help I narrate with Flula. this. I love Flula. Oh, my God. He could help I me. I probably wouldn't get through it. I'd be peeing my pants listening to that guy. If y'all don't know Flula, check him out. He's he. If you he don't know him, me. you've seen oh him in God. a million things. He He's in, in Pitch Perfect. He was in Pitch Perfect, too. He was the, one of the German yeah. singers. He always makes fun of Germans with his German accent. He's and does hilarious. Stuff. He's hilarious. He's been on, him and Letterman are good friends, aren't they? Or was it Conan? I think it's Conan. It's Conan. Yeah, it's Conan. Conan, because they did the naked beach thing. Skate. Yeah, and then he was asking him about the Germans. Terrifying. He's yeah. Like, so who plays bad guys in German movies? He's like, Germans. <laughs> I love Flula. <laughs> we are rambling already. I like it, though. This is one of those chill cases. So. Well, it's not really chill, but. So this case takes place all the way back in 1922. And unfortunately, guys, it's unsolved, which I hate. Like, I hate unsolved cases with a passion, but this one's just too crazy not to cover. But isn't it like one of Germany's, if not Germany's most famous cases? Famous unsolved case? Yeah, so how can you... And it's, I mean, it's solved. I know who did it. (laughs) I think after you listen to this, you will too. I mean, it's right up there with those, like, American ones, like, who killed Gotti? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Did they break out of Alcatraz? So, you ready? Hop right into it? Hop right into it. So back in 1922, the farm that we are talking about today was located near the woods outside of Groburn, which is between the Bavarian towns of Ingolstadt and Schropenhausen. Now, Hinterkaifeck was never an official name for the farm. Like, I always thought that it was Hinterkaifeck Farm because it's always been known as the Hinterkaifeck Murders. Yeah. Um, But Hinter in German means behind, and Kaifeck is the name of the the Bavarian town behind where the farm was located. No, so it, was, it so literally the means farm, behind the town. Yeah, so the farm was literally behind the village of Kaifek or Hinterkaifek. So learn something new every day. So the family that lived on the farm were an older couple, Andreas and Cecilia Gruber, ages 73 and 72 respectively, and their 35-year-old widowed daughter, Victoria Gabriel, and her two children, Cecilia, and uh, she named Cecilia after her mother. So we're going to call her, she was called Silly. Okay. Uh, she was seven, and finally little Joseph, who was age two, so just a baby. On Tuesday, April 4th, 1922, it was noted that seven-year-old Cecilia had not been at school for several days, and none of the family members had been attending church as they usually had. Never a good sign. Nope. Uh, they were, her not being at school for several days didn't raise as many red flags as them not attending church, apparently. They, one thing I mean, they didn't miss was church. It's 1922, right? Sometimes yeah. kids missed school. Kids were kept at home to help the house, so they couldn't take them to school yeah. or they had to work or work on the, especially on a farm. And especially Victoria was in the choir. Yeah. Yeah. But, so then, she, but then the church, like you said, that's like one of those things that like, depending on how big the town is, it's like, right. you don't miss that. You don't miss it. Everyone in town goes. So a day or so later, a mechanic came by the farm to do some work on a truck that they had there, the groupers. And he later told the townspeople that it was weird because no one was around 
there did seem to be someone doing some work in the barn. Like he thought he saw someone. He just assumed it was one of the workers because, you know, this was a, a busy farm. But the family wasn't there, it didn't seem. So he just kind of did his job and went on about his business. After the mechanic finished his work, he was leaving the property and he noticed the Gruber's dog, a Pomeranian, was now tied up outside the barn and was barking, whereas the dog had not been there when the mechanic arrived. Yeah. Okay. So while he was doing some work, the dog got Somebody tied up. Somebody put the up. dog outside. Yeah, so someone was there. He did notice that the dog had a gash on his face, but again, didn't think much of it. This is a farm dog. It's you farm know? dog. And it's a weird view Pomeranian as a farm dog. Yeah, I think that I've, I've seen some um, accounts say it was a Pomeranian and some say it was a German Spitz. Big difference in my eyes. I know what a Spitz is. Yeah, it's, it's a very different size dog. But maybe it was just a larger Pomeranian. It's a big-ass Pomeranian. I don't know. <laughs> I don't it's like a mutant Pomeranian. It's like 30 pounds. Yeah. So the farm was running smoothly, and all the animals on the farm were well cared for, but seemingly no one was there. Super weird. Back in town, the mechanic mentioned this trip to the Gruber farm and passing to some of the townspeople and how odd it was that they just weren't there, but everything seemed to be in working order. Well, this didn't sit well with one of the Gruber's neighbors, Lorenz Schlittenbauer. What a name. That is a name. So Lorenz, his two sons, and another neighbor, who I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but he doesn't play a huge part in this, decided to go and really check out the place, but something was off. All seemed kosher on the property, that is, until they went in to investigate the barn. When they opened the barn door, they found Andreas, his wife Cecilia, his daughter Victoria, and his seven-year-old granddaughter Silly. All had been violently hacked to death. Their bodies stacked up on each other, on top of each other, haphazardly, and covered with hay. It was a shocking sight, like, of course. They had each apparently received several blows to the head, each. We'll go over the autopsy results that I found in a bit, but you can imagine that this was jolting, like blood everywhere. The family's maid, Maria Baumgartner, was found in her bedchambers, also killed by several blows to the head. Her body lay in her bed, covered in a blanket. She'd been killed quite literally, and this sucks, her first night working for this family. Like, her belongings weren't even unpacked yet. Two-year-old baby Joseph, this one's sad, was found dead in his cot in his mother's room, covered in one of his mother's skirts. Tragic. Lorenz, who discovered the body, sent his two young sons on bicycles to go and alert the mayor of Wangen to ask him to call the police in Munich. And within hours, investigators had arrived on the scene. Yeah, I'm assuming they have, like, maybe one cop there, and it's probably, like, a Barney Fife. Yeah, so dude. they have to go to Munich. So you need, to like, closer. detectives and, like, real cops, because this dude's the probably, The bigger like, town, yeah. He probably deals with the town drunk and, like, and, yeah, neighborhood, neighborhood. Nothing crazy. A few, like, a few thefts and... Loose dogs, kids doing stupid crap. I mean, Quick side note, during the time that it took for Munich police to arrive... The whole town had come onto the Gruber's property to be nosy and see the awful crime scene for themselves. In fact, it was said that people were just helping themselves to food in the kitchen after they had seen the bodies, like take a little look-see around. They just wanted to hang around and see what the police would find. I mean, I know it's 1922, so there's no DNA, but damn, you would think somebody would want to like 
cordon off the crime scene. It doesn't even sound like this town had cops. Yeah. Even if they had one, he'd probably be like, hey, everybody back to, you know, back the hell off. We yeah. Save this for the, for the real cops. You just don't want to contaminate what little evidence you have that you can use. It was just well, a especially mess, back then, a circus. Well, back then, like, <laughs> you know, you're going to look at things. Obviously, like you said, you don't have DNA evidence, but you have things right. like you can find boot prints, you can find tracks, you can find car tracks if they have a car came up or a horse or mm-hmm. anything. You can, you can have all that stuff, but once you have half the town coming in there, you can't Making tell sandwiches. what's coming. Or, well, you can't even tell just from them walking on the property what's coming and going anymore. Exactly. So the murder weapon was officially determined to be a Matic. It's a weapon... I guess it's kind of like a pickaxe. Hard to I look it up. It's hard to describe. Yeah. But at the time, investigators were unable to locate it. So they could not find the murder weapon. Um, here's the autopsy report, guys. And it's bleak. It's pretty bleak. Oh, it's just, it's just like a pickaxe. It has like a... It's pointy. It I has know. a point on one side, but it has like a hoe yeah. blade on the other side. Right. So it's used for like smashing and... and it's, it's a farming tool. Yeah, they were deter- they determined, the um, medical examiner determined that's what was used to kill him, but they couldn't find it. Like, it was nowhere to be found. So, the autopsy report, um, we're going to start off with the worst one. Get that out of the way. Uh, trigger warning? This is a child, so it's rough. Every show is a trigger warning. I, I just don't like anything to do with children. No one does. No one likes it. Children being hurt. Seven-year-old Cecilia Gabriel, daughter of Victoria, was found to have a shattered lower jaw and a cervical spinal injury due to shock. She had severe head injuries as well. Her skull was smashed and several blows. Um, Also, her neck revealed a wide, gaping transverse wound. On the right side of her face, she had a circular gaping wound. Her face was smeared with blood, and this is the rough part, and her cramped right hand were pieces of her hair and scalp. This indicated that Silly had unfortunately not died instantly and had laid there for most likely hours in agony and fear, tearing out her wounds and pulling out her hair, probably in pain. And she had more than likely witnessed at least one of her family members being murdered. So I can't imagine. Then Cecilia Gruber, um, Andreas's wife, had bruising near her right eye. She had suffered seven blows in total to her head, one in a triangular shape. Her skull was cracked, and there were signs of strangulation as well. Um, Victoria Gabriel, uh, Joseph and Silly's mom, had nine total star-shaped wounds to the head and severe strangulation marks on the neck. And on the right side of her face, and the right side of her face had been smashed in with a blunt object. There was a small round injury from a pointed tool found on her upper skull, and her skull was also also smashed in. The fact that Victoria was the only one that they can say is positively strangled is key to me because strangulation is pretty personal. They had they suspected that Cecilia was, but they weren't sure. Yeah, or it also indicates she probably was the last one to be killed. One, well, yeah, we'll see. Well, because you have to take your time to do that. You can't have other people running around unless they're all tied up. Or the first one in alone. It could have been first one in alone, yeah. but that one indicates intent more than just rage or cleanup. So the killer, I think, knew her and had it out for her, in my opinion. Maria Baumgartner, the maid, had been killed by crosswise blows to the head. So one from the right, one from the left. Uh, Her face was 
crusted with blood. She had one head wound that was four centimeters deep and blood encrusted, probably from a sharp instrument like a mattock or the hoe on the other side. Two-year-old Joseph Gruber suffered one heavy blow to the face, which killed him. That's a blessing, I guess. He didn't suffer. And the top of his cot or bassinet was destroyed. Andreas Gruber, um, he had the right half of his face completely smashed in. His cheekbones were protruding, and his flesh seemed to be shredded. His face also was caked with blood, obviously. But that makes sense if it was a mattock, because it went down after the smash. I get how that would happen. So aside from Victoria and Cecilia, the other victims were all dressed in their night clothes. So this made investigators suspect that the murder had occurred near bedtime, particularly as it seemed that the maid and baby Joseph had seemingly been killed in their beds asleep. Since Victoria and Cecilia were dressed differently, it made them think, and it makes me think, that these two were the first members of the family who were lured out to the barn. Maybe the murderer had, a, had butchered an animal or something to cause a ruckus in the barn to lure them out to investigate, or there was a sound out there. Who knows? I mean, I'm speculating. Then in turn, the other family members would have gone outside to check, like, hey, where's mom and grandma? You know, because they hadn't come back in, what, 30 minutes yeah. and see where they are? I mean, it just makes sense after they had all gotten in their pajamas, right? So robbery was ruled out as a motive because significant sums of money were found when the house was searched. Also, something strange to note, the victims had been dead for several days. However, the animals on the farm, as well as the grouper's dog, were all well cared for. Neighbors had also, they had also seen smoke coming from the chimney of the home just the day before. So whoever committed this massacre had stayed, slept, ate, and cared for the animals along, long after they murdered the family. The neighbor who said they saw chimney smoke coming from the Gruber farm also said that he smelled the odor of burning fabric. Do you know what I think that is? Burning the murder clothes. That's what I think. He was burning his bloody clothes. That's exactly what I think is happening. Also, they found human fecal matter in the corners of bedrooms and in the barn, which indicates, I guess they didn't want to use a toilet and they just used. Well, it's like a personal fuck you to the family. Yeah. So before we get into the investigation and begin to speculate who in the world could have done something like this to a whole family, especially children, let's get to know the family a little bit. We're basically going to spill the tea on the groupers. <laughs> May they rest in peace, but they were not great people, unfortunately. The Grubers were a well-off family that were not exactly well-liked around town, unfortunately, I hate to say. Andreas, the patriarch, was cranky and gruff and very abusive. He and his wife had had several children, but only one child, Victoria, survived past infanthood. Oh. Yeah. It's widely speculated around their small town that his temper is responsible for the deaths of his children. And that's not too far-fetched to think after we learn a little bit about him. Lovely guy. Andreas Gruber was a known wife beater. And unfortunately, he was well known for his intense infatuation with his own daughter, Victoria. Disgusting. That's why she lived and the other ones didn't. We know for sure that Andreas had been sexually abusing Victoria since she was 16, but most likely before. 
So he had all these kids that possibly died from his abusive nature, and the one that survived had to withstand another kind of abuse. Worse abuse. Yeah. Actually, in 1915, the Gruber's maid had caught Andreas and Victoria in their barn in the middle of a sex act, and both of both of them were arrested for incest, even Victoria. She probably grew to like, grew to be used to it. Or- well, I think she was brainwashed because she was in her 20s. Yeah, by that's then. what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. In the beginning, it was abuse, but then it turned into like, well, I'm going to enjoy it. Yep, absolutely. Andreas ended up doing a year in prison for incest, and Victoria served one month. So that's pretty crazy. Now, this farm was not Andreas's farm. It actually belonged to his daughter, Victoria. Victoria's husband, her late husband, Carl Gabriel, had left to serve in World War I in 1914 while she was pregnant with their daughter, Cecilia. And according to all reports, he never returned and died there in the trenches. So he had left the farm to Victoria and their daughter when he died. After the death of her husband, Carl, Victoria began to casually see a man named Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Recognize the mm-hmm. name? Yeah. The neighbor that discovered the bodies. Now, Lorenz had been a suitor of Victoria's around the time she had fallen pregnant with Joseph during or right after their time together. So, was he the father? I mean, you assume so? Well, Victoria publicly claimed that Lorenz was, in fact, the father. But that just is not the case, I don't think. Probably daddies. We're going to see more. Yeah, I just don't think that's the case. I think her father, Andreas, is Joseph's biological father, and so did the rest of the community from the sounds of it. And when you hear the rest of this juicy gossip later on, I think you're going to feel the same. So just put a pin in that for now. We'll get back to it. Okay. Victoria did, however, list on Joseph's birth certificate the father as initials LS. I guess we can assume Lauren Schlittenbauer. Right. But I believe this was just to save face in the community. Especially after they were both arrested for incest. Yeah. Well, Lorenz tried to do the right thing for back in those days. You know, you get someone pregnant, what do you do? You marry him, right? And he asked to marry Victoria when she said, I'm pregnant with your child. But Andreas, her dad, was like, no, over my dead body. Because he was obsessed with Victoria yeah. and wanted him, her She's all mine. to himself. Yeah. So they didn't get married. And Lorenz went on living next door to the family, which is just super awkward. <laughs> Can you imagine Lorenz did end up marrying someone else after that, by the way. So he kind of moved on. We'll talk more about this, but um, be prepared for things to get rather explosive. (laughs) So let's talk about some of the events leading up to the murder, because that's important. We spoke about the maid who died in the attack, Maria Baumgartner, and it had been literally her first day on the job. That sucks. It just sucks. Well, the murdered maid was replacing the Gruber's old maid who had abruptly quit her job working for the family. Her name was Christens Rieger, and she had made claims that she felt like the farmhouse was super haunted and she just had to leave and quickly. She recounted to townspeople, like her friends around town, several times that she would hear strange disembodied voices and other noises around the house, like footsteps coming from the attic. And nothing would ever be there. Hmm. It was said that when she said her final goodbyes to the family, she was white-faced. And it seemed like she couldn't get out of there fast enough. The family just thought that she must have been mentally disturbed or something. So they just dismissed it and immediately started searching for a new maid who would arrive six months later, which would be poor Maria Baumgartner. 
But, um, yeah, that's crazy. I think, I think that's kind of, it makes you think, is this a haunting? But I don't think it is. No, she's the only one talking about it. It also makes me think, well, was there someone living up in the attic for a couple months? It makes me think, was there some other shady shit going on that she didn't know about? We'll see after we get all the pieces and then we'll try to put it together as best we can. So now just one month before the murders, Andreas was outside surveying his property for damage after there was a big snowstorm. And he noticed footprints coming from the woods leading directly back to his house, but there were no footprints leading back into the woods. That's terrifying. That's creepy. That's cre- and they were all snowed in. So nobody was like walking around, you know, it was bad weather. Yeah, and it's still, I don't care. It's still creepy if you got footsteps leading up to like your house and they don't leave. Any, they don't leave the house. No one's left the house and they don't leave the house. So like, someone walked from the woods into their home and never left. That's what happened. Andreas thought that was creepy too. So he thought it was so creepy, in fact, that he went and searched his whole house and property thoroughly, but found nothing, no evidence that anyone was there other than the family. Hmm. The next morning, Andreas woke up to find a strange newspaper on the porch that no member of his family recognized. He even went as far as to go into the town and ask the town's paper boy and postal workers if they had left it there, to which they were all like, no, we don't deliver that paper. Yeah. Just really weird. They had no idea where it could have come from. Freaking drifter is what it sounds like. Yeah. A few days later, a set of his house keys also went missing. All these events freaked Andreas out enough that he mentioned to a couple of of the townspeople that maybe his maid wasn't crazy after all, and their house was indeed haunted. Kind of half joking, but half serious. But it also, to me, that also makes a lot of sense as to why the person felt so comfortable he knew the house. After they were killed, mm-hmm. you know, the people are saying there's someone was staying there. It makes sense. This person was comfortable there. He knew where everything was. Yeah. He or she did. And I mean, it just adds another spin to it, I guess. So before we get into the individual suspects and who I think is responsible for this, I want to tell you something crazy that these crazy German investigators did in this blew my mind. And you're going to be like, what? I can't wait to see your face when I tell you this. I don't. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. So after the autopsies and several interviews with suspects, police just felt they had nothing to go on. They just hit a roadblock as it happens, right? So they thought it would be a fantastic idea for the medical examiner to behead each of the bodies and send the heads to Nuremberg for a group of clairvoyants to look at them and see if they can come up with anything. A group of psychics. Send them their heads. (laughs) Your face. Well, I'm thinking because normally that would sound, well, normally that would sound completely ludicrous to me, but you're also, this is what, 1920 something. I don't like it when psychics get involved personally, but yeah, I'm just trying to remember if you, if you look back at, you know, sort of that time frame it was actually you know, probably about a decade later, but when Hitler really came to power, mm-hmm. what was he obsessed with? The occult, everything occult. He was obsessed. What does that with have it. to do with anything? To me, that's oh, like clairvoyance, like clairvoyance and, stuff, yeah. and psychics and, and dead and, and you know, witches and yeah, ghosts and that's goblins. That's true, that's true. Everything like occult wise, he was obsessed with. So maybe I'm just saying, maybe it's part of the culture or maybe it's being instilled as part of the culture because it's early days in the Reichs over there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's one way to look at it because I guess I'm looking at it from American 
perspective and it's like, you know, I mean, that's just the last thing you think to do. It's absolutely bananas when you think about it. I'm just trying to tie any reasoning to it. And then yeah. to me, that's the closest thing I can come up with. Maybe. Is, you know, because Hitler was obsessed with the occult and all that kind of stuff. I get that it's before DNA and stuff, but I just hate it when they get involved. But I mean, that does make sense. Yeah. This is just weird, stretch. right? It's, just it's a weird. very big stretch. And it gets part. worse. It gets worse. <laughs> this was during World War One, remember? Mm-hmm. And the building where the heads were being held was in Nuremberg. Well, that building got leveled with bomb and the heads were lost forever. So the poor family were all buried without their heads. (laughs) Oh boy. Can't make this shit up, man. (laughs) Okay, so now let's go ahead and get into the suspects. And I'm gonna save the best for last and I'm gonna start off with the least likely of suspects, okay? Sure. So the first suspect is one that couldn't be interviewed by investigators because he had literally been dead for quite a while. <laughs> so how is he a suspect? <laughs> Victoria's late husband killed in the war, Carl Gabriel. I knew Gabriel. he was going to somehow be a sus- suspect Jesus. when he's been dead for five years. People apparently thought that since Carl's body was technically never found or brought back, mm. that he may have survived the trenches somehow, come back home, found that Victoria had had another child with another man and killed the Gruber family in a rage. Actually, not a horrible stretch. That's not horrible, but this theory was quickly dismissed by investigators when they questioned some of Carl's battle buddies who were like, dude, I saw him die in front of me. Yeah, but they never, you know, they never could confirm his death. So it always leaves that open. And, you know, this is right after the war, right? So all these guys that are coming back from the war and gals are fucked up. Yeah. And they also are like, who could do something this, like, depraved? Mm-hmm. Well, damn, a soldier that just was just in war yeah. could do it because they've seen worse. Yeah, they've seen worse. They've encountered worse. So, I mean, worse. It, it makes a little bit of sense. It's still a little weird that you would blame a dude that's been dead for. But, of course, this brought out all the kooks in the town saying, oh, I saw him. I saw him. He was walking with a Russian, and I saw him on a hillside. A they, 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 there was a lady that was like, things. I saw him walking with a Russian. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no one else in town noticed. It's this little-ass town, so no one else in town saw him just casually walking around with a Russian. I'm going to go ahead and say that's a note. There's just not enough evidence to back that it's up. It's a stretch. We have. It's a good theory, but it's a stretch. We have other people with evidence that. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's a good theory to put together, but it, like, without, like. We need some. Rock like hard evidence. Factual mic, people sorry. saying, here's a picture of him here. Here's yeah. this. He checked into this hotel or whatever. Yeah, he's been dead. And his battle buddies are like, no, bro, I watched him like literally die. Yeah. So another suspect for a while was a man named Joseph Thaler, a neighbor of the Groupers. They had lots of neighbors. Remember our mage? Small town. I think they all consider each other neighbors. Well, when I say neighbor, I mean, because they were out there. They were, I mean, I, there's I mean, miles and miles. It's a tiny little town. There may, yeah. there may be only a few dozen or hundred people there. They all consider each other neighbors. Yeah, everybody does. So remember our maid that quit because she said the house was haunted? Yeah. Chrisens. Uh, Riger is her last name. Straight yeeted out of the house. Well, can you blame her? Well, she claimed that the Gruber's neighbor, Joseph Thaler, had attempted to seduce her many times during her time working for the Grubers. Joseph had apparently told her at one point that Andreas Cape kept a lot of money on the property and he knew exactly where it was. He and his brother were known thieves and Andreas had actually previously caught them trying to steal from him at one point and chased them both off of his property with a rifle. Riger, the ex-maid, 
was absolutely certain that the brothers were involved. In fact, she even told police that Joseph warned her that if she kept accusing them of the crime, that they're going to kill her. Yeah, but if they're if they're known thieves and all that stuff, it's a keen thing to note that they found a ton of money. My my next topic was, however, here's the issue: not one thing was stolen yeah, from the property. If they're talking about like there's tons of money and we can kill them and take the money or whatever, and yep. they don't take the money. That's investigators found large sums of money. The brothers were thieves, so if they wanted to murder an entire family to include children, you'd think that they would have at least taken something of value. It not one thing robbery, was it missing. Robbery, homicide. Yeah. They would have murdered them and taken the money. They wouldn't have just murdered them. So who, whoever killed the Gruber family had a very personal vendetta against them. To me, that takes them off our suspect list. There's just no motive. Yeah, I mean, the, the only motive that was there would be the money, and they didn't take it. They didn't take it. Then there were Andreas Gruber's brother and sister. They became suspects later on during the time that there was a dispute for the estate. They probably also became suspects because they had no fucking suspects. So now at this point, everybody's like, suspect. Everyone has any motive whatsoever. Everybody, everybody's suspect. They fought hard for the Gruber's money against uh, Carl Gabriel, Victoria's husband, surviving family. So his family also wanted a piece of the pie. They fought so hard, in fact, that investigators and town gossipers, of course, wondered if they didn't off the family just to get the money. This is far-reaching, in my opinion, and just has no evidence to back it up. I also think that, unfortunately, the Gruber family were just a bunch of assholes and their extended family were much better. So, Yeah, I don't don't think he was a bad apple. I think the whole family was just a bunch of turds. Yeah. Not to speak poorly of the dead, but, I mean, if you're a child abuser. You're still a bad person when you're dead. It's true. It changed you if you were a good person or not. No, that's very true. So now we're going to talk about the real murderer, or at least who I think the murderer is, and someone who's never going to be brought to justice, unfortunately, and that's Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Well, yeah, he'd be 130. Yeah. Okay, lots to talk about, so I'm going to start at the beginning. (laughs) This is going to blow your mind. Well, as soon as baby Joseph was born, Victoria demanded child support from Lorenz, right? And Lorenz said, you know what? I don't think this is my kid. So he fought not to pay child support. But a judge ended up ordering him to. Woman's claiming this is the only person she's been with. It's got to be his. There's no DNA, like you said. Judges yeah. are like, well, they're just going to say dude. pay it. Yeah. So the day, <laughs> the day he started paying, Victoria went down to the courthouse and had baby Joseph's legal guardianship changed from her and Lorenz's name to her and Andreas's name, her father. <laughs> That's pretty bold. <laughs> Andreas actually did some time in jail due to suspicion of fathering a child in an incestuous relationship because of this as well. So he did more jail time because of this. It's just ridiculous. So she basically said this is, you know, his dad. Yeah, you don't know her state of mind, too. She could have been doing that to keep her dad who away knows? from her. She could who have been knows? doing it to get her dad away from her, too. Like, she knew he'd go to jail. Like, fuck, take him away for a little while. Yeah, who knows? It was just becoming more and more clear that Lorenz, however, was not the father. And he actually confronted Andreas about this. And as you can imagine, that did not go well. Yeah, Andreas probably didn't appreciate that one. It ended with Andreas threatening Lorenz with a Sith. Do you know what a Sith is? Yep. <laughs> it's it what the a, Grim Reaper yeah, holds. It's a grim, it's what the grim yeah. Reaper holds. It's a giant hooked harvesting tool. Yep. I get those and the, that and the Maddox confused. They look kind of like. Yeah. Maddox, like a, like you said, it's like a pick mixed with a hoe. And yeah. The, the Sith is literally a giant like. Pickaxe looking no, thing. It's a curved blade. It's like a half circle blade. What the Grim, grim Reaper carries, right? Yep. Yep. It's a version of it. So Lorenz had gone on to marry someone else 
and they ended up having a son of their own. Well, three days before the Gruber murder, that infant son of Lorenz's passed away. I'm not saying he killed the baby. I'm insinuating that this may have triggered him or set something off inside of him. Like my biological son died and I'm having to pay child support for a child who isn't mine and who's a product of incest. Could be less than that. It could have been my son just died. I'm out of my mind. Yeah. It just set me off or something. Just speculation on our part. We don't know. But it did seem that he was triggered at least in some way because Lorenz's wife and his older children from a previous relationship all told investigators that they had not seen Lorenz for three whole days, the time frame that the Grubers lay dead in their barn before being discovered. He was unaccounted for. He had zero alibi. So he was unaccounted for during that time. When someone was reportedly at the farm, taking craps in the corner, burning shit, taking care of the animals. Yep. Then let's talk about how he acted at the crime scene. Because this, in my opinion, is very weird. You may not think it's weird. I think it's weird. Everybody handles grief differently. So we got to look at this objectively. (laughs) But this is odd to me. First of all, he was the first one on the crime scene. Weird especially for a suspect, but we can let that go because, I mean, he's a neighbor. He's a neighbor and he's with other people when they go in there, so. Second, the neighbor he went with when he discovered the bodies told investigators that Lorenz was completely non-emotional when he saw the bodies of the groupers stacked on top of each other on in the barn when he opened the doors. In fact, he just walked over to the stack of bodies and started to unstack them. Like, without any regard to how bloody and, and awful. that This was a very bloody crime scene. Yeah. Um, he just was manhandling every everybody. It was crazy. The neighbor was like, what are you doing, guy? Like, don't touch the bodies. And Lorenz apparently said, I'm looking for my son. Which we can all say, oh, that's sweet. But remember, he's unemotional. And I personally think this was just to throw everyone off saying that maybe he thinks that this is his son when he knows, in fact, it's not. Everybody knows at this point. You're not wrong. It it is odd, right, for two reasons. One, if he thinks his son's there, he's going to be frantic. Yeah. He's going to be throwing bodies, digging, looking for his son screaming. Right. Two, you know, that is a dead key for, you know, for me and probably most investigators or police that you talk to. When you walk into a crime scene of that nature, I don't give a fuck who you are. Mm -hmm. You're going to be, you're going to react even if it's like, oh, geez, or Something. holy shit, or like cover your mouth because it's been days. It probably smell a little bit. You're not going to walk up and start messing with You bodies. might gag. You might drive. You might turn around and be like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah. there's, there's some sort of reaction. Something. To stand there knowing, like non-reactive means you, to me, it means like you knew it was there or you were expected to see that. You knew where to go. Yeah. I mean, you weird. knew where to go. I mean, obviously you would know where to go, but you knew what was there. So it's not shocking. Something like that is just so shocking uh-huh. to anyone, to even a seasoned homicide detective. Mm-hmm. Or even like a soldier would be like, oh, God. God. Yeah. To just stand there and be like, oh, cool. Yeah, because it's one thing us sitting here describing it to you, but seeing it, you know, the carnage. And these are people that are not used to dead bodies being around and then bodies that were so violently killed. Unless you had done that. That's I why. Mean, I, that's why be, I said the yeah. seasoned homicide detectives or even soldiers coming back from the war would have been like, oh, my Lord. But somebody who did it themselves, they're yeah, not going to be, be really. Like, yeah. And lived with it for three days. (laughs) Oh, no. What happened? Another weird thing that maybe I shouldn't judge. Lorenz sent his two sons off to get help while he stayed behind. And it was said that during this time, he just started feeding the pigs and tended to some of the animals. Just did some farm duties. 
Now, <laughs> I guess there's like two ways to look at that, right? It's either callous or, you know, or he was just in shock and needed to feel like he needed to do something helpful. I get like that sometime. Like, no, 100%. Like, you're, one, you're right. Like, he's still so non-emotional. It's really weird. Or it's super callous and cold. That's yeah. what I mean. Or two, like, he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. You know, the normal person, you know, even me probably, I'd be standing there like, oh, I got to wait like three hours for a fucking police. What the fuck do I do? I, you might be in shock. You might not. Start feeding to, the pigs, sweeping up. You might not be anything. able to, you know, process what's going on. So yeah. you just need to do, do something to like. Uh, yeah. So I can see both sides for sure. I think the it's second is less likely than the first. I think it's me more too. likely like he me was too. just didn't give a fuck because he knew what was going on. Yeah. That, that coupled with no emotion and then his follow and yeah, if he had gone the behavior like, that's he had coming freaked up out or something like that. And that's then different. Went, yeah. Like that to me is like his mind shut off. Like he detached, he needed to go just, he didn't know what to do. So he was just doing something to clear his head. Right. But with no emotion, it's like, dude, you just go around like your daily business, which <laughs> apparently you were doing there already. Somebody was doing it. Yeah. It's really hard. I guess what we're saying, it's hard to judge someone in a state of grief because everybody but that's the thing. If, differently. if he was in a state of grief, it'd be hard to judge him. But yeah. He's not in a state he, of grief. He's obviously not. And this is apparent too with the rest of it. Yeah, but we'll yeah. Get to it then. Yes, sir. Before we keep rambling about it. 10-4. <laughs> when the investigators from Munich arrived on the scene, they noticed that the Gruber's dog lashed out at Lorenz. Oh, case solved. <laughs> For me. Pups know. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're a dog person like that. So if the dog's attacking you, you're like, that's a bad dude. It's a bad dude. The reason that dog's coming at you. Especially if the dog's not going after everybody else. So that's yeah, the key so point. the pup was really pretty calm. I mean, you could tell he had been through some shit. But whenever he saw Lorenz come near, he would growl and lunge and then retreat like he was scared. Well, they said the dog was wounded. Right? And, yeah. And it's a t- that's another sign to me that if police are coming on this place, never been here before, the dog's not working, not, not freaking out. Mm-hmm. But this dude comes around and the dog's freaking and out. That's a sign. he loses his spine. Right? If you come into our house and we don't know you, our great Pyrenees will freak out. Yeah. Jackson, the bulldog, will freak out. He's not going to do anything, but he will freak out. That's what I'm saying. If other people come around that know him, that's fine. If he was like that with everybody and then freaked out only with one person, that's going to be like, whoa. Yeah. What did you do to that dog? Yeah, you did something. Yeah, so I say just arrest him based on this, but <laughs> that's me. How have they not even arrested this dude at some point? In question. Oh, it gets worse. But Lorenz dismissed this, and he's like, the dog's... He doesn't like me because I have the family's blood on me. That's why. It's just bullshit. So by now it's clear that the townspeople didn't love and admire this family, right? And I think that that goes for police too. I think the police didn't like the Grubers because remember they just thought they were weird and kind of outcasts. Well, my man went to jail twice for banging his daughter. Yeah. So they're, oh, probably, like, they're probably like, this dude's disgusting. That's lovely, pet. <laughs> I bring it to you as bluntly as I can. Yes, you do. There's <laughs> no just, sugar coating it, is there? This is how I do things. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's in their mind. That's what they're saying. They're like, this dude is disgusting. Like, who Yeah, cares? no, he is. He, they like, they really are. bad dude. But I think that's why Lorenz felt comfortable saying this statement when he was being questioned. Well, he probably played right into it. He said, God's hand was involved here because they were bad people. <laughs> That's what he said to police. Yeah, okay. But you're, you're also talking about a town that was weird. People didn't show up to church all the time. So yeah. they're, they're very godly, pious people. Yeah. Time period fits. The, pe- the police aren't going to argue with that because this dude's been in jail for incest twice. Mm-mm. No, I don't know. But, I mean, that's not something you say when you're a suspect of a murder. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't think. 
Uh, it's not something crazy. It's not out there. I've seen worse. But. Yeah, I mean, it's just like they got what they deserve kind of thing. If you didn't like somebody and they were bad people and they died, I cannot sit here and tell you that I there's some people that I wouldn't just say, well, they got what they deserved. Yeah, I make would, me, like, there a were suspect. kids killed, though. So yeah, let's, the kids is a thing. Yeah, you would think he'd be a little more upset. Especially his supposed son. Supposed son that he was so worried about finding. Yeah. Somehow investigators took your side and didn't think this was a big deal because they cleared him, let him go because they felt Schlittenbauer just didn't have enough of a motive. Oh, he had no motive. (laughs) Problem is they also had no evidence. That is. Everything they have is. Bonkers. Everything they have is circumstantial and third person. The only evidence they have as investigators to this, right? The only things they have is the dog barking. And his statement. They weren't there to witness his behavior. But back then, all you can do is go off of motive. Yeah, but they don't even have... You know, they usually had evidence, too. I don't know how German courts worked in 1920, so I can't really... They relied on police sketches, but investigators from Munich, there were no police sketches. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's just... You don't know what they were... Shoddy police work. It's not necessarily shoddy. It's just the way the time. They, they... just like every, I think we've talked about it so many times in so many episodes, different time frames, different yeah. time eras, certain things were like, you had to have it to get a conviction. Yeah. You know, nowadays it's DNA. Remember in the 80s, it was eyewitnesses and stuff like that. You didn't have any of that stuff with us. And I don't know how German courts worked in 1920s, but to me, like, you know, listening to it to my hand, everything is at, at best, at best, everything is circumstantial. I think you have enough to at least take him to trial. Because he's having to pay child support for a kid that isn't even his. And Andreas literally threatened him days before with a Sith. And then his infant son died. I mean, he's your guy, man. He's your guy. But easy defense, right? Mm -hmm. He was unhappy about paying child support, but who wants to pay child support when they can't see their kid? Bang, right? Mm -hmm. He threatened him with a Sith. Did he go over there and start the confrontation? Because he went onto their property. He did. So he yeah. went and started the confrontation with a 70-year-old man who can clearly not win in a fight if they got into a fight. So, yeah, he probably grabbed They're the weapon. They're way too good at that. Ugh. I'm just looking at it what the defense is <laughs> going to look at it. If there is a defense. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's just not enough to even take it to it. Like, if they even took it to, like, I don't know what they had in 1922. Yeah, I don't either. I, need, and, I, I didn't even think district attorney that or whatever. Up. But if they took it to a DA here, yeah. they would laugh at it and be like, I can't prosecute this. Yeah. It's literally hearsay. It's like what people are saying. Any defense would be like, you can't. It's not fact. Somebody said that that you didn't even hear him say, or you weren't there to witness. It's aggravating because what in um, 16, what year was it? They were burning witches at the stake just for like. <laughs> for literally saying that that person was a witch. <laughs> yeah. For less than. <laughs> it's so aggravating. It, oh my God. It just really pissing me off. Okay. So one year after the murders, the townspeople just didn't want to even look at the damn farm anymore. Burger like, farm, yeah. Rid. So it was demolished, but guess what they found? What the murder weapon, the mattock, huh? a handcrafted mattock buried beneath a false floorboard near the fireplace. In fact, this is pretty weird. The mattock was handcrafted by Andreas. He made it. So the whole family, including Andreas, was hacked to death by a weapon that he had made himself. There's something kind of poetic, eerily poetic about that. It's not even a weapon. It's a farming tool. I know. It's a farming tool. But he had to be hacked to death by something he made. You know? That's pretty crazy. The unsolved case was actually reopened in 1945, but nothing came of it. And this case is so big in Germany that it was opened again in 2007. It's pretty recent. Students from the... Bear with me. 
first in Feldbrook. <laughs> so I could see why they reopened it. Police right? Academy. You got a case like this. Yeah. And as an outsider looking in, as like as we are, mm-hmm. it kind of seems kind of obvious what's going on here. I'm, it's so clear as day. Any, just like they do here in the states, and you go to any like probably criminal science or criminal justice, whatever they were, mm-hmm. these students were. You go to any of these, you know, Harvard's or Yale's or any of these big time schools for that. I guarantee you they study Dahmer. I guarantee you they study Bundy. I guarantee you they study the son of Sam. So why would you not study one of your country's most famous cases? And then they probably got some ideas and like, hey, maybe we can figure this out. And I'm sure the public's angry. Like, dude, solve this. (laughs) It's one of those untold stories. Just like we have, like we talked about here in the States. That people are just like, dude, someone, someone has to know who shot JFK. It's, uh, oh, they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, they say who it was, but everyone's like, "Well, there was a second. Like somebody knows the answer to that. Yeah, someone knows that. Can it someone second just come forward and give us the answer? Put this to bed. The family? Who killed Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> so, students from the first in Feldbrook in 2007 Police Academy were tasked with investigating the case once more using some of the more modern investigative tools and techniques. Right? We got a chance here. You don't. I know. However, they concluded that it is simply impossible for this case to ever be solved after all this time. Evidence is either missing or was never even collected in the first place. No crime scene sketches were made, which was a huge investigative tool back then. And all possible suspects have long been dead. I was about to say, everyone's dead, Mm -hmm. long gone. The farm is long gone. The damn heads are gone. Are gone. And that's where all the damage was. So you can't even, you can't even exhume... Skeletons. I couldn't even found if they retained the matic for evidence. I bet they didn't. But you couldn't even exhume bodies to look at cranial damage. Clearly, they all were killed with cranial damage. So you mm-hmm. can't even exhume the bodies to look at the damage or anything like that. You to literally compare have against nothing the weapon. to go off of other than basically <laughs> the same stuff you found, maybe a few more notes. Yep. Absolutely. You could never solve a case like that. You could say, I guarantee you this is the dude that did it, but you can't solve it and prove it. However, the students did come to one conclusion, the same one we came to. Yeah, this dude did it. And No, and it's the same conclusion we came to earlier, that it was a personal crime and it was a crime of passion, especially especially against Victoria. She was strangled, she, which points even more towards Lorenz. Because yeah, absolutely. Because he was the most personal, she was the most personal to him mm-hmm. in this whole ordeal. To solve this case, you got to look at her, and that's who you get. There's just no way around it. I mean, you can't just, look at the daddy. He's just an all-around dirtbag. You yeah. can't look at the kids because they're mm-hmm. kids. You can't look at the housekeeper because she was literally there for a day. Yeah. And there's just nothing told about the mom. And when you say who, when you ask the question, who would punish children? It's going to be a scorned father that wants to do like a, what is a social cleansing of this incest? I the bet you anything. The only other logical. I'm not saying he's in the right mind to no, do so. I'm just. I'm saying the only other logical explanation to this would be a grifter. Yeah, but Some then what's the random hobo that came there and killed the family and left? Yeah, it's the only little thing that makes sense. You in think this whole he story. would have taken something, or did he want a place to sleep and eat? Yeah, I mean that's the only thing that would make sense. I mean, I've seen enough weird ass movies with you. Yeah, that's people true. just the show strangers. up and they just kill people and leave. The strangers. Yeah. This gave me strangers vibes. That's very strange. Well, they had emetics in that. They did, didn't they? Oh my god, that's a, that's a, we should or watch that I, again I don't know after if it was this. Or a pickaxe, but they had something very similar. After this, we should go watch it. It'll be fun. I've seen it so many times. It's my comfort movie. I'm just kidding. It's one of yours. I know it is. <laughs> and to this day, guys, the case remains unsolved. So that is the story of the Hitcher Kaifek farm murders. Crazy story. 
I'm anxious to hear who you guys think is responsible and why it's Lauren Schlittenbauer. <laughs> Dude, for real. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Comment on social media. If y'all, Come on if on y'all have a different opinion, I love it. It's and good. say, hey, I think it's this. And like Courtney said, let us know who you think did it and what reasons you think it was Schlittenbauer because it was fucking Schlittenbauer. <laughs> who do you think did it? <laughs> why Lawrence? Because it was him. That's, that's a why. I mean, I think so. If you don't think so, I really want to hear well, why. I got a 99% chance that I think it's him. Like I, but like, like I said, that doesn't matter what I think. Yeah. There's no evidence to prove. Yeah. There was no hard physical evidence to tie him to it. And like I said, it was all circumstantial at best. Mm-hmm. It was all, he said, she said third party police didn't even see or witness 90% of it. So they yeah. couldn't even testify to it. Yeah. You have to count. You have to account for Billy Bob, the farmer that was with him. Billy Bob. I'm sure it was Hans, the farmer or whatever it was over there. I don't know. <laughs> he gave his name, but I just, the people who weren't main players in it, I'm like, I'm not going to say his name because I spent an hour trying to figure out if M-I-C-H-E-L was Mikel or Michael or Michelle. <laughs> that's how my brain I works. I think it's Mikel. It's Michelle. I think it's Michelle. That sounds Russian. No, if I remember correctly from a movie I saw at one point. It's Michelle. It's Michelle because I can't even quote, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it was in Euro Trip. Uh, and he thought oh Michelle God, was, a, was a dude uh, that wanted to have, that wanted to take advantage of him, and it turned out to be a girl because it was a common girl's name. Oh, Euro trip. Oh. That's why I know that. I quoted a random stupid ass movie that is literally not factual at all. I love you. <laughs> However, it was the motivation for me to spend many hours trying to get the mail notification that said, mail, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds wonderful. It was like is this is, American Pie version of them going abroad. Okay. I think I'm thinking of Hot Tub Time Machine. It's very much like that. Yeah. Like that kind of level That's of That's what movie. I'm thinking of. <laughs> but, no. Yeah. Couple of high school kids. He has a foreign exchange student from Germany. Thinks it's a dude. Turns out to be a really hot girl. He's in love with her, but he told her to go away because he thought it was a dude. And they go to Europe and go on some escapades. It's, it's an entertaining movie to say the least. <laughs> it sounds like it. I've I've seen it. I don't. Obviously, it didn't stick with me. But I don't know why we're even discussing this right now. I don't know. It's fun though. I'm entertained. <laughs> Have at it. Mike's yours. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> no, it's not a good thing. It's never a good thing. I should, you should have you. a mute button. I'm going to mute you. I'm going to give you a mute button when I start saying stupid shit. You just <laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm kidding. So that's the story of the Hinterkaifeck farm murders. Hinterkaifeck. You had to do it. I'm not going to say it anymore, but love to get y'all's feedback. And um, yeah, give me any other recommendations. I, I do them. I do y'all's recommendations. I want to. Yeah, because like I said in the beginning, y'all are some depraved ass Y'all are people. twisted and I love it. <laughs> and you bring us some crazy goodness that we don't even know keep, about. So the next one. Keep it coming. Is that the next one we're going to do? No, not the next one. Oh, it's the one after that. So in like that. two or three episodes. Maybe. maybe. It's yeah. going to take me a while. Yeah, it's about two or three episodes. We'll do that holy crap one then. Yeah. We saw, but It'll be fun. We'll see y'all next time on our uh, little, little podcast here. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Be good to each other. We love y'all. Bye. <laughs>